In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Glory be to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the ages of all ages, amen. I couldn't restrain myself from sharing with you how excited I am to share um, this series with you. I had actually prepared this last year for back to school, and then uh, we, tr we decided to change up the, the, the series um, of what we do um, and, and stuff like that. Um, we actually have a professional sound tech with us today who's kind of helping us figure out the sound. So uh, thank you, uh, shout out to Angelos. Thank you for doing that for us. Big hand of applause for him. Um, and uh, thanks for helping us uh, sort it out. Um, I'll share with you something a little bit personal. Um, when I went from being a surgeon to being a priest, it was a really difficult transition for me, not because of the reasons that you, you, you may think, or maybe you don't think, um, but I'll tell you why. It was really difficult for me because in surgery, um, your day is extremely regimented. It's kind of like being in the military. My day would start at six um, with uh, you know grabbing a coffee and making sure that my minions were doing what they were supposed to do. And then at 6.15 sharp, I had a meeting which ran till just before 6.25 to give me enough time to get to another meeting by 6.25, to give me enough time to see my patients by seven, to give me enough time to tell the surgeons about what was going on with their patients, to be in the OR, in the operating room, or be in clinic, or be wherever I needed to be till at, by eight, and then continue to run all of the things going on and you know and I have all these people this whole hierarchy of people underneath me and they're doing all these things from 8 to 4 while I'm in the operating room or I'm in clinic and they're reporting back to me and then at 4 I go back and see the rest of my patients see the people in emerge see make decisions for all of these people try to get everybody tight everything rounded up by 6 so I could get people home um, and then I'd stay for about another hour to finish administrative stuff or research or whatever. Sometimes I'd go home, have dinner, and then come back to the hospital at night. And that's, that was basically my life. And so it was super regimented. Then I became a priest, and it was like, figure it out. What am I supposed to do all day? Whatever you think, Kabuna. Um, should I? So it was a huge transition for me to go from being, for the lack of a better word, from a surgeon with a very regimented day to it i want to say an entrepreneur a priest is not an entrepreneur but being a priest in a church by yourself uh, with no you know with not a lot of uh, of guidance i had mentors and they gave me great advice but at the beginning and the end they would always tell me it's up to you to figure it out god will show you and he did some days and some days he didn't over those years i've had the great blessing of figuring out how to have a great day every day do i do it every day i don't do i regret it when i don't i do i really do and i've learned my recipe for having a great day and i can't take credit for any of this information because you know what i didn't invent it it didn't come from me and this is what, and next week what we're going to talk about is after doing this for about a year i realized how ridiculously silly i am because this is actually what the church has been teaching us to do for 2,000 years. But we're going to save that for next week. All of us want to worry less and do more. I don't know about you, but I frequently get to the end of the day and think to myself, man, 
I also wanted to do this and this and so on. And then I worry about those things. Or there's things that I'm worried about that I didn't have time to check up on or I didn't have time to start or initiate or people I needed to call or I wanted to ask about. That's almost like my day to day. And that's because the scope of my day is not yet clearly defined. When it's defined, when it's not defined, then it's almost like each day I wake up to this blizzard which is completely out of control. And I can only hope, I can only pray that it's gonna kind of come together by the end. Naturally, just describing this is probably raising your blood pressure and your heart rate, you know? And I, I guarantee you, a lot of the people that I speak to and speak with me in a very forthright way feel this way. And they feel that they walk into their office or they walk into the corporate world or they walk into the classroom or they walk into wherever they're going and they, they have an idea of what it is they're, they're doing today. And out of nowhere, they get hit by, you know, these missiles of, can you do this? Oh, what about this? Oh, but there's this meeting I need you to fill in for. And all of a sudden, your day, your day is out of control. It's lunchtime and what have you accomplished? Not so much. It's, it's time to wrap up and people are starting to head out of the office and you're thinking to yourself, I haven't even touched the most important items that I needed to get done today. And most of us are just buried under a pile of stuff crying help. And so I want to share with you, I want to share with you what I, what I realized to be the person who's soaring on God's wings above this pile of stuff and not to be the guy who's buried under it, not to be the guy who's lost in the fog of a million and one priorities that I haven't, don't even have time to sit and prioritize them. They seem to be really important to somebody. They seem to be things that are nagging to somebody, but I, I, I don't even know where they fit in into the picture. When I was like an early teenager, I really loved playing pool and I was terrible at it. And then I met one of my friends, older friends, he's like, uh, you know, maybe seven, eight years older than me. Um, and he, 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 uh, he watched me for a whole game. And then he, told, he took me aside and he told me, look, here's a few things you have to do. You have to be able to see the shot. You have to be able to see the angles. You have to, you have to be able to, to measure out the angles and make sure that they make sense to you. And if they don't make sense to you, don't do it because it's easier to do it in your head than it is to do it on the pool table. And he gave me all this advice, right? And he gave me his little pre-shot ritual of what to do. And you know what? It was great. And it was like doing this little song and dance in my head and with my hands made me that much better of a pool player. I never made it big or I, and, I, and I, it was never a goal of mine, but it made me enjoy the game a lot more now that I started winning sometimes, right? Back in my past life, um, I would do a lot of work in the ICU and in the ICU they put in these really big IVs that we put straight into the central veins of the of the body that go that go right to the heart okay so we can deliver very um, special medications and all kinds of things like that um, it takes about a half hour to put one of these in I would get them in 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 about 12 minutes and the nurses thought I was a wizard. They thought I was a magician, right? Um, and I would, I would always tell them, watch me, and you'll notice I don't do anything special. I would open the kit and I would line it up and I would prepare everything 
in order of the order I was going to use each instrument. I put the garbage somewhere. I can easily reach it. And then I would do it and it would take me 12 minutes every single time, no matter what the patient was like, tall, short, you know, overweight, underweight, no matter what, I could get it in. Yes, I was a surgeon and I was more used to working with my hands than maybe some of the other doctors were, but it wasn't that, it was the preparation. And then you know what I realized, as it was about to go to my head and I started to think that I was actually something, I realized, you know what, it takes them half an hour, but it takes me 18 minutes of preparation and 12 minutes to put it in. So essentially, it's taken the same amount of time, but I am enjoying it because I'm not stressing and I'm not fretting and the patient isn't bleeding everywhere and I've got, it, I've got everything under control. Why? Because I took the time to set it up. I took the time to set up for success and I know everything that can go wrong and I know exactly what I'm going to do if that does go wrong. I know exactly what I'm going to do and I've set up for that as well. And all of that only takes me 18 minutes. It's really boring to sit there for 18 minutes and prepare, but it's worth it because then you enjoy doing the procedure. The procedure goes well. The nurses are happy. The patient is happy. The family's happy. Everybody's happy. Most of all, all those people are important, but you're happy because if you have to do this five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve times a day, and every time it stresses the brains out of you, man, why'd you go into this career in the first place? Do something, do something, do it well, do it, do it with enjoyment, do it because you love it, you know. And the only way you can do that is if you set up, if you set up for success. But the reality is. I don't know how, how it is for you. I wake up most mornings and I'm just stumbling into my day. And then I'm, I'm just part of this avalanche. You know, as I stumble into my day and start rolling down the mountain, all this stuff starts piling up on top of me and the avalanche goes, right? The, the key, the, the trick is to take time, which is actually what we're going to do right now, hence the handouts that, that have been handed out already, to just sit and plan out what the, your best day ever would look like. So let's stop for a moment. Let's reflect and let's, let's plan. Let's give it a few moments. So you actually have some handouts and I hope you have a pen. And in the left-hand column, you have a whole lot of space to just scribble down what would be all the different tasks, activities, things that would be part of your best day ever. These should be things that are achievable in a day. So they shouldn't be like, you know, build a new house, right? But they could be like, you know, research contractors to build my new house. You know, they, should, they can't be, um, you know, things that cannot be completed in a day because then you're just for sure we're setting ourselves up for failure, right? They can be tasks. They can be things that are nagging you or nagging me, you know, that need to get done. They can be things that you absolutely love doing, but you never have time for the important things in life that are not very urgent. Okay. Take just two minutes now to sit down and just scribble down as long a list as you can. Dream, dream like you could do anything that can actually physically get done in a day. Go. Alrighty, I'm going to encourage you to keep writing.
and I'm just going to carry on um, and but keep writing away as long as you need to. Benjamin Franklin says, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. So we've got, we've got to prepare, right? Everything that we've done well in our lives has come with some degree of preparation, right? And actually, I know, I know that once Monday morning hits, I know that once the, the rubber hits the road, there's no time to prepare. So the time to prepare is now. And we're actually just going to use this time for the next three uh, sessions this week and the coming two ones to actually sit and prepare what the start of an end of every perfect day would look like. In Proverbs, it says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and he will establish your plans. Do you get that? It's saying whatever it is that you want to do, commit it to the Lord. Commit it, committing something to someone is giving over the responsibility of the care of it to someone else. Um, when somebody is, is apprehended, they're often said that they, they've been committed to the custody of so-and-so. The word custody doesn't mean like, like to be imprisoned. It means to be cared for. So people often ask me, am I supposed to make plans for my life or make plans for my day or am I supposed to just let God lead me? This is the way it works. I don't know. This is the way it works in my life anyways. I plan. I use whatever knowledge and information and, and know-how and experience and all of what God's given me, I use, I use that. And I take my plans, the, my best made and best thought out plans, and then I give them to God and I ask him to care for them. And it's his job then to establish to establish them. God loves you and he has plans for you like it says in Jeremiah 29, plans to give you a future and a hope. And God cares about you and he cares, I believe, God cares about every detail of your life. I believe he cares about every minute of your life that you care about and probably a lot of the minutes of my life that I don't care about. I believe that he has a plan for every moment of your life. There is some discrepancy theologically in this point. Some, some people believe this, some people believe that, and they're all holy people. But I'm of the camp that God has a plan for every moment of your life and that my fullest life my most extravagant and fantastic full life comes from living out that plan. God wants me to discover that plan in this time of planning. By, by pouring out my thoughts, my desires, my wishes to him and allowing him to take care of them, to, to, to make them happen, to m metamorphosize them like you know, transform them into the fuller glory that he has planned to trust him to do with them whatever he's going to do. But it all starts with you and me actually knowing what we want and having, having a plan. God gave you and me talents, right? And I promise you, my, my biggest fear in life is that I'm the guy with the one talent who took it and buried it in the ground. That's my biggest fear that God has given me something and I'm not using it. So I encourage, I encourage you and I encourage myself 
to take some time now, to take this time of reflection now, um, and to see what talents has God given me and how does that work into my, into my plan. The first thing we need to do is be in the know. Know what you want. I've realized so many times in my life that I'm unhappy because I don't actually know what I want. And when I got to what I want, and I, and I have, what now I have what I want, I didn't even know that that's what I wanted because I never stopped for a moment to ask myself, what do I want? If, I don't, if you don't know your objective, you won't know that you have it once you've gotten there. So um, in the bottom right corner box, um, I, I'm going to ask you to write down three things that you absolutely want to make sure you do every single day. They can be um, broader categories or they can be extremely specific. You know, so for me, one of mine there is to do my high, three highest priority tasks. That's one of my that's one of my musts every day. I have three musts and three wants. For me, it doesn't have to be for you, but for me, there's. I try to choose what are my three top priority tasks and one of my line items is to make sure I get those done every single day. So as I, I'm going to just keep going, but as you think of things that you absolutely, it, it would only be the best day, it would only be a great day if I did these three things or if I did these three activities. They don't have to be tasks to accomplish. They could be they could be calling your mom. They could be whatever they could be whatever is is that key element for you. Three is not a magical number. It's just five is is actually tricky to do and you set yourself up for failure. One some people say one, just have one thing that you absolutely have to do every day. That's great. That's fine. If you feel that you should only have one that's fine. I think three is, can be manageable for a lot of people, but, you, but you, do, you do you. So as we go, as we're going through this and I'm giving you ideas, think of three things you absolutely have to be part of every great day and three things that would be nice to have, right? Because it's, it's always good to aim, 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 for, aim for higher if, if you can. Um, and obviously they have to be tasks or activities that can be completed within a day, right? When you go home today, take this piece of paper with you and try to visualize these things. Try to see, see what, it, what is it like to have done these things or completed these things or enjoyed doing these things each day. <laughs> Cross-reference them with your goals for life. Um, every year I set goals and I encourage people to set goals for every year of what it is you really want to see happen this year. It's great if the th those three things, those three categories of things or those three whatevers are somehow related, somehow they cross-reference with, with where you're going in the big picture of your life. The second thing is to know your why. See, all of us start off with a lot of enthusiasm, 99% of people, and all of us end with a ton of enthusiasm when you can see the finish line, you know, and, and, and it's the home stretch, you know, we're able to kind of find that energy that we didn't know we had and race to the, to the, to the end goal. It's the part in the middle, oftentimes named the messy middle, that nobody knows what to do with. You know what the secret is. The secret is to know your why. 
the best thing to do is to write it down. Why are these three things so important to you? Why is it that if you, if you don't manage to fit these three musts in your day, then your day just won't be what it is. If you have those, those whys, you know, and preferably you've got three to five whys for each one of your musts, you know, you know, I must complete my top three priority tasks because, 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 and those are written down and you have that written down somewhere. All of us get tired. All of us get lazy. All of us get a phone call that we know is going to extend to 45 minutes and you did not plan for, and you don't have time for it today. All of us, all of us have these things, but that come up. All of us go to bed later than we thought we, we would. That ha these things happen to everybody. Or wake up with less energy than we were hoping, or don't sleep well, or have nightmares, or happens to, the, happens to everybody. But if I know that, you know what, I, I've gotta do these three things, and why? The why is what gives us the power to muscle through the messy middle. So know your why. The third thing is to know the obstacles. Some things have obvious obstacles. I want to exercise, I don't exercise because I'm extremely out of shape and the weather is really bad. I know that I know that the weather is bad in the winter and I'm unlikely to run on the sidewalk. I know that. That's a known obstacle. So addressing those obstacles beforehand now makes it a lot easier to deal with them when they come up, especially if you know that they're coming. And the last thing is know your when. When do you want to get these things done? Consistently every day. I highly recommend that you choose the same time every day. The same time every day, I'm gonna get, try to get my top three um, tasks, my top three things that I wanna do every day done. My, the same time every day I'm gonna do, and so on, right? And, don't kill me now, okay? Don't, don't, don't stone me. I strongly, I strongly suggest the morning. I strongly, I strongly, strongly suggest the morning. Um, the morning is just such a fantastic time. Even God thinks it's a blessed time. He says, I love them that love me and those who seek me early shall find me. There's something really special about the morning. I am not a morning person by any far stretch of the imagination. But in reading time and time and time again from, from all these people who have mastered productivity and entrepreneurship, I've learned that, you know what, all of them do the morning, even in spiritual life. I remember going to my spiritual father and telling him, uh, he asked me, you know, how's your morning time with God? And I told him, I'm really not a morning person, but I can stay up till one or two in the morning with God and really enjoy him and then go to bed, wake up in the morning, say a quick prayer, take a shower and, and you know, bullet into my day. And he said, that's as long as you're getting your time with God and that's fine. And then later that day, I bumped into him and he said to me, you know what? I've been thinking about a conversation. I can't think of a single saint who did not spend time with God in the morning that we know of. He said, I don't know. I mean, do what works for you, but, but I don't know. Think about that. So all of those things have made me realize, you know what? I need to figure out this morning thing. And it's actually, it's actually a lot easier. The first and biggest and most important thing is just to get to bed at a decent hour.
right? Know how many hours of sleep you need. Everybody is different, but some people need five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever it is, and just allow for it. If you want to get up at five, you know, and you need six hours of sleep, make sure you're in your room by 1030, you know, and I should be snoring by 11 so that my eyes naturally wake up at five. I still, I'm still going to talk about using an alarm clock and so on, but it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me to go to bed at one or two in the morning and hope that I can wake up at 4.30 and still be at the top of my game, right? If I do get up at 4.30 and I do get out of bed and I do have a shower, I'm not likely to be making the most out of that time because I'm going to be tired. It's not rocket science. None of it is rocket science. Benjamin Franklin again says, early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. Some people have studied this and they have conjectured that morning people make more money, are more productive and happier and actually live, live longer than people who do not describe themselves as a morning person. But I don't know how reliable that research is. Another reason is this. If one of your musts is to spend time with God, if one, one of your musts is your own personal health and well-being, be it exercise or meditation or whatever it is, I would strongly suggest that you do what, you, what, we, what we always talk about when we talk about money. Pay God first, pay yourself second, and pay everybody else third, right? Why should my boss, why should my colleagues, why should, why should my you know, neighbors and friends, why should my lawn, why should all of the other things that need to happen in my life, why should they get a better part of me than I get of me, than God gets of me? pay God first, pay yourself second, and pay everyone else afterwards. C.S. Lewis says, put first things first and second things are thrown in after. Put second things first and you lose both the first and the second things. Get the most important things done first thing in the day. It's not a must, but honestly, it's helped me a lot. If you go into your day having achieved your three musts, like honestly, I've achieved my three musts before 7 a.m. on most days. How many people in Toronto are awake and alert before 7 a.m.? I think less than 50%. So 50% of the city is still waking up and I've already achieved everything I need to achieve today. Everything else is a bonus. So I go through my day thinking to myself like, this is great, this is extra. Like I've already won and these are brownie points. It feels great. It feels great. You, you know that you're a winner from the, very, from the very start. And I promise you, I'm sharing all this with you and I'm not, I'm not a morning person. I'm not at all. And some things have changed and I have been able to train myself and coach myself and get myself to bed earlier on most days. But the reality is I still don't think of myself as a morning person. But you know what? I just know my why is so important. My why is so burdensome that most days I'm able to get myself up um, uh, early enough. And then the trick is once you're up and you're early is to use that time the way that you want to use it so that you look back on that time and you think to yourself, man, this is great. What, where, where I had to get myself to is where my friend Father Anthony is at, right? Father Anthony Messi, right? And he says, that there's nothing that happens after 8.30 p.m. that is more valuable to him than what happens between 5.30 and 8 a.m. 
Like he could, he could instead of going, instead of like, you know, instead of like wrapping up his day at eight thirty, he could wrap it up at eleven, or yeah, at eleven. He could add two and a half hours on at the end of the day. Two and a half hours where he's the most tired. Two and a half hours where he's got all the drama of the day on his shoulders. Two and a half hours of after all of that. Two and a half hours when very significant people in his life, his children, are asleep. Or he can take that two and a half hours and pay it forward to the next day. Get to bed early, wake up early, get stuff done early, have time to spend with his kids before he sends them off to school, and, and, and. At first, I thought it was nuts. I thought there's no way I could possibly wrap my day up at 8.30 and be in bed by 9. I thought that was just absolutely nuts. How can any priest possibly do that? And then, you know what? I realized it's actually not that hard. All you have to do is learn how to say no. Like you just schedule things earlier and when things that are unforeseen come up, you just say, I can't. But you're never, I'm never gonna do that if what happens in the morning isn't valuable enough. So if I wake up in the morning and spend an hour plus checking my Twitter, which I do sometimes, that certainly doesn't make me feel like I got myself my sorry butt out of bed at five o'clock in the morning for, a good, for something that was good and worthwhile. So tomorrow, ne next week, I'm gonna talk about what to do and what not to do. And one of the big not to do things, one of the things to do is to buy an alarm clock. Okay, don't use this bad boy as your alarm clock. Charge it somewhere else in your home. Charge it the furthest place. Charge it, I honestly sometimes charge it in my shoes. And I try, I challenge myself not to pick up my phone until I'm putting on my shoes to leave the house. Because everything I'm doing from when I wake up till when I'm gonna leave is fixed. And it's not gonna change it's not going to change based on anything that's going to, any news that's going to come on here. And Mary has a phone. So if anybody's having an emergency, they can call her and she can tell me, right? I, I, I challenge myself to do these things. But to do that, you're going to need to buy an alarm clock. All electronics, all electronics. There's got to be an electronics free time because that's honestly when you and I are going to have, get the best out of ourselves. Waking up early gives you an amazing start to the day. Waking up early gives you, gives you opportunity to, to have quiet. I love sitting on my front porch. When I lived downtown, I loved sitting on my balcony right next to all the hospitals, right? And not hear that and not hear the sirens and just hear quiet. It, downtown is actually pretty quiet at 4.35 o'clock in the morning. If you can catch a sunrise, man, you're lucky. But that depends on where you live. You can have breakfast, that meal that none of us know what it is anymore, unless it's something that comes in a prepackaged wrapper that I can grab while I'm walking. You can take a walk, you can exercise, all of these amazing things. But just make sure that that time that you worked so hard to have in the morning, you use for something that you really want to use. A few other really quick tips and tricks. Don't make drastic changes towards your sleep schedule. Some people sleep really well at any time. God bless you, you're really lucky. The rest of us don't. So make small changes. Small changes is like change the time you go to bed and the time you wake up by about 15 minutes every few days. 
15 minutes, you won't, most people won't even, won't even feel it. Charge your phone somewhere else. We already talked about that and get an alarm clock. Um, plan out exactly what you're going to do from the moment you're, you're out of bed, your alarm rings till the moment you're doing, you know, you're doing those three musts that you already have on your list. So for me, it's super clear. It involves using the washroom and involves brushing my teeth and having a shower. And there's no, I tell myself, there's no rationalizing. There's no thinking. There's nothing to be thought about. I've already thought about this. We've spent an hour and a half. No, we spent 30 minutes thinking about this right now. I don't need to think about this when I'm in a half awake state and I'm really just trying to weasel my way out of it and snooze, right? So no rationalizing. Lastly, I want to share with you the science of what we call rituals. This is basically having a morning ritual and having an evening ritual. Next week, we're going to talk about the morning ritual. The week after, we're going to talk about the evening ritual, right? Rituals work because they give you predictability. Because they give you predictability, that gives us peace. That gives us security. If every time you check your bank account, you find more than this amount of money, that gives you security. If you know that for sure, that gives you security, right? But that's security in money. We want to have, we want to have a deeper rooted security than that. We get security from knowing that my day is predictable. I have a certain degree of control that God wants you to have. This isn't self-help. This is, and this is what we're going to spend a lot more time. This, we have 2,000 years of church history telling us to do this. Research by, done by psychologists, one of which is Nick Hobson, a guy whose findings have been featured in Time, Discovery Magazine, NPR's Hidden Brain, and others, shows that predictability breeds happiness what people report as happiness. So I want you to just imagine. Imagine for a moment, close your eyes if you want to. Imagine for, your, for a moment, a day where you're, you're on your way to work, you're on your way to school, you're on your way to your first errand or your first thing that you have to leave the house for. And you've already done the three things on your must list and it was a good day and you got the three things on your want list in as well. How good does that feel? It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth taking the time now and next week and the week after to prepare and to plan and to set up for this. Next week, we're going to be talking about crafting your morning ritual, bringing it down to something that is so efficient. You're going to look forward to it. You're going to want to, I'm going to, I want to go to bed so that I can do this every morning. God bless you. Glory be to God forever and ever, amen.